favorite thing I saw today, CM Punk. I liked Hulk Hogan a lot less after I, I met, met him. him. That was very good. <laughs> yeah, because the guy he was being interviewed by a guy who like does not know Punk at all and was just like, Who was your favorite growing up? Rowdy Roddy Piper. I thought it would be Hogan. Didn't like him back then. Then I met him. I like him even less now. Oh, come on. Fuck him. And that was it. <laughs> like, Punk promptly shut him the fuck down. That is a, uh, that is a drop the mic move. Yeah. Uh, if I have ever in my life heard of one. The guy was giving him softballs, too. He was just like, you're in a scary movie coming up. What's your favorite scary movie? Fucking Halloween, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the bad boy of podcasting, Scotty. The body more. There's so much of it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, you. T- I thought you were gonna say there's so much wrong with what you just said. With um, with all of the uh, heavyweights that we've had to deal with on all of our shows this week, we've recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's me, the B, Blakey T, Blake Tanner. How you doing? I am drinking <laughs> a cider boys grand mimosa. Okay. Uh, I I am the uh, the voice of wrestling past the Dylan. <laughs> Hold on, are we gonna all do a drink recap? Because I have a diet coke with BS Moon whiskey in it. I don't know. I like us being the ghosts of wrestling. I have uh, I have water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tuesday. I'm ghost of- I'm drinking it out of my large porg mug because it holds more liquid. <laughs> I well hold on. I want I would rather be the gro- ghost of Christmas past. Blake is present and Dylan's the ghost of future who's just like they're going to fuck up Kabuki Warriors one day. Oh no. Oh. And Kazi is in my DMs. Oh no. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Here's the thing. They didn't this week and I can't tell you how happy I am. I love that. that I saw co- the last. I, lo- I saw only the last three minutes of that match, but it was enough to convince me that like the women's roster is okay for at least another week, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I think they're gonna build up to hopefully Oscar versus Becky, but that does mean we have to deal with more Becky Charlotte bullshittery, and I don't want. I don't want that. I know they're friends. Listen, listen. Someone has to beat Becky. Yeah, she hasn't defended the title in two months. Somebody has to beat her. Yeah, exactly. And it's gonna be Oscar. Do you have any idea? I would I would I would almost regret not going to that mania. Almost. I, I love the fact that um I, I, the fact that Kabuki Warriors cut promos exclusively in Japanese, and by that I mean Asuka does it in Japanese while Kyrie just sits behind her maniacally and laughs, laughing. Maniacally. By the way, you saw the you saw the shit from Starcade. Where she just slaps her ass, and I forget who it was in that in that fatal four way tag match, and then laughs like an anime villain. It yeah. is like 
all like I every every time I'm just like man I just I love this tactic they do more shit and I'm just like this is every this is the female version of Kenny Omega in WWE <laughs> but there's two of them that's what this is this is limitless charisma <laughs> with like harsh Japanese like overtones that's what this is I like someone took a picture of Kyrie laughing and put it next to um oh, fuck I forget her name but the main villain from uh, Power Rangers, and they go, exactly. Oh, yeah, Rita Repulsa? It's, dude, it's, it's it's real close. Same energy. Exact same energy. But also, also, Kyrie's scream when she got put into the, the walls of Jericho by Charlotte, because I refuse to call it a Boston Crab. It's not a Boston Crab. Uh, like, that was also, that was also anime tier, where she was like, no! Nah! Like, her no, like, rang out through the building, and then, and then Asuka just kicked Charlotte in the head. <laughs> it was a... It was Nikki Cross in the ring with her, by the way. I did have to look that gif up. Yeah. It's so a great d- gif. That's going to live on uh, wrestling with the plot forever. Mm-hmm. So, so do you guess where have- I found it? <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have an extra $6,500 to spare? Because you can get a real fucking ugly belt if you do. Oh, so we're starting out straight up, huh? With the fact <laughs> okay. that it's like, oh, that blue belt didn't go over too well, huh? <laughs> All right, let's make another. Yeah, and make it even worse, because it was weird, because he came out with the belt, and he had it around his head, and I'm like, that's the dumbest fucking way I have ever seen someone carry a title, because, like, it's You do realize that we just talked about the Kabuki Warriors, and that's how Kairi's carried her belt for the last month, right? Yeah, but it's so dumb on Bray, it looks so, because, like... A spooky boy can't have a title and it look cool. Cut to Finn Balor as the demon crawling up to the belt like it's a holy relic and then holding it in the air. Meanwhile, fucking The Fiend is like, I got a cool new necklace, y'all. And it's even dumber with the new belt. Because with the new belt, it's just, you got his face and then you got another face. (laughs) It's the same thing twice. The only thing I could think of when I saw that was that scene from Face Off the... Gonna take his face off. <laughs> it's the only thing I could... Yeah. I mean, is there a way to make it appealing at all? Like, a way for him no. to carry it and it look decent? I don't think there is, really. The only way he could carry it and it be decent is if he, like, Naito carried it to the ring and then pulled a full Naito and just, like, chucked it. Yeah! Because why does why does the fiend care about a belt? Now hold on, this is this is I'm 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 channeling something. I'm channeling some inner Vince McMahon. All right, what if he what if he wears the belt backwards, and when the lights come up, he's turned around, bending over, so his face is on his ass. <laughs> That's good shit. Either that or wear it backwards, so it's on the back of his head, and he walks down to the ring backwards. And then when he does, like, the fucking spider crawl, his head is facing forward, so it's real Actually, weird no, looking. I thought of the one way it could be okay, is if he has it wrapped around his arm and he holds up his Bray Wyatt head lantern. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. So he's got the uh, the creepy fiend mask in one, and then the head lantern on the other? No, 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 like he, like, he like, like, wraps part of the, like, he has the belt so that it's, like, hanging down over part of the lantern. Oh, okay, that would be cool, actually. While he's carrying, yeah, that would be cool. I thought of one way, exactly <laughs> one. And that's it, that's the only, with shit like this, it does not shock me that Tommaso Ciampa was like, if you fucking try... To put me on the main roster, I'm just gonna I will fucking... 
I will be- I'll become a coach. I'll become anything, but I will not be on the fucking main roster. I hate that shit. Who was it? Was it Shawn Michaels? Yeah, Shawn, saying- Shawn laughed at Johnny saying, you're the only two guys, the first two guys I've ever met that are, that are like, take, keep your money. Yeah. I don't want it. And, and like, like, I know that's a really generational thing of like being like, you know, older generation. Why would you not want more money with the younger generational, gen- younger generation being like, is it worth it if I kill myself? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, boomer. It's fine. <laughs> I want so I want to, I want somebody to I want money on uh, bets on who the first person on WWE television is to say okay, boomer. Uh you've uh, got about 5 years before someone even says that. Yeah, it's too funny right now. It would have to be like New Day. Like I think one of the New Day would say it in response to like Maybe a revival promo. I could see like Biggie, Paul. Actually, X. So whenever X returns, he would pop it out. Yeah, actually, you know what? That would be a great way that you can deal with. Um, so this is my dream board because it's never gonna fucking happen again. Because he's so out of the fucking title picture, and it pisses me off. If Kofi were ever to try to get the title from Brock, then yeah. Heyman would come out. He'd be cutting this long ass promo that he's known to cut. And the only thing that Xavier Woods responds with is, "Okay, Boomer." Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I forgot how dumb Seamus's original look was. I really oh, did. Bud. And then he cuts. He came back on fucking SmackDown and is cutting a backstage promo. Lobster he- Man's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Upside down, Eric Rowan, baby. He's fucking here. It's a shameful thing, Lobster Him. Yes. But yeah. Oh! I do miss that. I really do. I could never make out the first six words of it, but the, the chorus was a banger. Yeah. I, I, I said this uh, earlier in the chat, but if you told me how jazzed I would be five years ago for a Seamus return, I would have slapped you in the fucking face. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you would have told me that um, the most enjoyable clip I saw from uh, from this last SmackDown was Sami Zayn as a heel, backed by Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, also heels, being yeah. booed for telling people why Black Friday sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have bought you another round, because I would have assumed you were drunk. Yeah. Also, uh, fun fact about Seamus's old theme song, it somehow found its way into Helsing Abridged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was bought one, one day. That's not. I was that's not one... surprising at all. You do realize that they're all giant wrestling marks, right? I, that was when I realized it because fucking what? What's the guy's name? The Irish priest in Helsing. Oh, Anderson Alexander yeah, Anderson. Anderson. He just pimps out. It's like it's a shameful thing. You lost your head. A poor vampire winds up dead. And I'm like, is that fucking Seamus? Are they? Well, no, that's an shame? Irish. It's. It's. I'm pretty sure that's an actual like. Thing before. I don't know. I looked it up and I couldn't find anything. Oh shit! But... All right. Well, well done. Yeah. Go there. And then I think they actually play it later in the same uh, episode, and it's really fucking amazing. Helsing abridged. Off topic because it's not about wrestling. Best music of all the abridged series of all time. It's because they only put out one a year actually, over the course of like a decade. I know because I lived it. There's only one better musical moment in a bridge series, and it's when they did the fucking WrestleMania episode of DBZ, and the whole time Goku is slowly, like, trying to get back to Namek, and as the fucking pod lands, 
Real American. That that's I remember that moment very vividly. Yeah, I've now separated mentally real American from Hulk Hogan. He don't have that anymore in my head because it's such a good song that I cannot give it to him. Right. Yeah. No. No. It's okay. We've already established Hulk Hogan's new theme song is "I'm a Real Racist American." It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, who's what's Daniel Bryan look like? Because it's going to be fucking weird no matter what. So, yeah, we're at the point where we're speculating because we don't get to see SmackDown yet. Yeah, because Bray was just Whoever listens to this will get to see it, have probably already seen it, and then be like, they weren't even fucking close. Yeah, yeah, what This is what I think. I think he's going to have a haircut like mine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that... Actually, no, no, better. Full pompadour. Full yeah. pompadour, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> no, he looks exactly like Corey Graves. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. he comes out. He comes out. Actually, no, I want him to look exactly like the Miz. I want that. <laughs> I want to be. This is what redoes the rivalry. This is this is how I see it because this is going to be this is WWE's booking for it. Daniel Bryan comes out next week completely normal. Yeah, he cuts a promo about how Bray shaved him, and then he says, "And of course, as you saw last week, Bray." was pulling out tufts of my hair, but I've got all my hair. Well, except for down there. <laughs> he fucking shaved the, the, his beaver. He took the beaver away from Brian. He took Brian's beaver. I do want to say, here's Thanks, what I... Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> what, what, what I thought was going to happen was I thought... I award you no points. I don't even <laughs> want God to have mercy on your soul. I really hope you just go to hell for that. Yeah, I can I was... see you editing your spreadsheet now. Yeah, I, I was praying that he would pull him down, then it would cut back to Firefly Funhouse, and Daniel would pop up like a demented puppet or something. No, instead you just start seeing Furfly, and that's it. And I'm like, oh... This is fucking gross. This is real gross, actually. But my pick is I want beard to stay intact. Maybe a little trimmed on the side. Completely bald head. Fully bald You want bald American? Head. We want... We, we're going full American dragon? Yes, yeah. exactly. Full like, American dragon. Like, I don't know if it's still who on wants his to, Wikipedia Who wants page. to see the, the, the pale human <laughs> equivalent... <laughs> Technical wrestler of a year. Yeah, my favorite is, uh, and I don't know if it's still on his Wikipedia page, but for a very long time, it had a pic of Daniel Bryan as the American Dragon. Oh, yeah. And he's got a fucking, like, wizard's robe. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite picture of him. It's so fucking choice. (laughs) He just looks like an angry wizard. Speaking speaking of bald white guys, uh, Eric Young currently looks like an overgrown baby with like unfortunate choice uh, tattoo choices. And he looks like a Rugrats baby. Where Rugrats babies looked a little fucked up. That's what Eric looks Cause, like. Because Eric, because because he's not in like the same shape he was in NXT. Because he's an agent now, and like I think he writes hockey for like the Atlantic or something. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. But like he is not. He is not in like the jacked like it wasn't even jacked but he's not insane it is it was he shouldn't have worn trunks that's really the long and short of it for me he did not need the trunks everything else was okay he hit a sweet elbow drop do you see the that highlight like oh yeah yeah yeah. brother 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 still has it (laughs) 
But that was the, that was the only thing I thought. If you hadn't if you hadn't told me that was Eric Young, I would have assumed they had been very gracious to a jobber. Yeah. Uh, speaking of brother brothers, I did watch a clip earlier of the OC doing impressions of wrestlers, and holy shit, I didn't realize how good of a fucking Stone Cold impression AJ had because I looked away and I do you, thought, a- do, do you have any idea how long he's had to listen to Stone Cold? <laughs> Steve Austin impressions? Do you have any any rational idea? That's right, brother, brother. Old Uncle Allen's coming in. He's going to have him a good damn time. And then one day he just busts out his and Gallows is like, oh, fuck, I, can't. I guess I'm stuck with Fink now. That's all I can do now is Fink. Uh, so let's move on. Let's go away from WWE. Dylan, New Japan. You have a New Japan update for us? Carl, you are an asshole. So- uh, you know, the tag leagues just happened. Da, like da, I was, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm sorry, Dylan. Let me just, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to did. interrupt you. If you could just so actually. Blake, Blake, yeah, um, hey, can Dylan. you just text me? I'm you sorry. think I'm joking. D- you Dylan, think I'm fucking joking. W- w- World Tag League, what did you want to. Feed me more. No. Welcome to Talking Back, the official conversations with the Big Guy Response Podcast. And Dylan, I actually think you'll be into this one. Because Ryback cuts my favorite promo I have heard in like the past, since Cody cut that promo on AEW, my favorite one. Because recently, Triple H came out and said that he didn't exactly enjoy when superstars complained or requested releases via social media. He isn't a fan of it, and he stressed that the business is professional wrestling, and the business there is professional. Or, or, and the uh, keyword there is professional. Ryback responds, He's full of shit! Fucking bullshit! They're the least professional motherfuckers on the planet, and there's a reason why talent goes on there and do that. It's because of how they treat human beings and their fucking policies. I've seen Hunter avoid talent for meetings. I needed to meet with him, and he tried avoiding me the entire day overseas when I had to put over Kalisto on a show in England. Vince wasn't in the arena, and so I had to wait all damn day. Didn't want to have that meeting, and they lie to your fucking face. That's why they go on social media. Then they fuck with your pay and the whole bullshit pay scale there with the talent and book you to lose. Literally, your money goes down. It's fake. Makes no fucking sense how the pay scale works over there. They also treat you differently from when you're pushed to when they're, you're putting over talent, which is just asinine. The entire environment is fucking bullshit. I go bullshit on that all day long. He's full of fucking shit. Fuck yeah, Ryback! This might be the only time I've heard of where Ryback and CM Punk are on the same page. (laughs) Exactly. It kept going, too. He was going hard in the fucking paint on Vince McMahon and Triple H, and I loved it. So, oh. so this is the this is the weird thing is like this is the duplicitous nature of uh, of one Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, where like the NXT people all talk about how great Hunter is. None of the WWE people ever talk about Hunter like this, except for like his inner circle friends. Yeah, Sammy, um, fucking Santina Ortiz, all of them. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I thought you were going to say Sami Zayn. I was like, no, Sami Zayn doesn't have a lot of good things to say either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not good. 
But yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Is like all the people like when they get to the main roster and they have to deal with Vince, it was like, okay, well, I guess y'all really don't don't. That's when everyone becomes disenfranchised and washes out. If the pay thing is happening like that, well, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, this well, is why I don't go to WWE shows. Yeah, this this is the reason. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, it was in Birmingham this week, and I was like, shit, ah, fuck it. No, I don't want to. I just don't I didn't want- even know it was happening. I was less than five miles away from the arena. I mean, it's the same thing with Ring of Fucking Honor. Now I'm like, I don't want to go. I know they've got guys I like, like Marty and PCO and shit like that, but I just don't want to go. I don't want to give them money. Yeah. You know who, do- you all- you know who doesn't want to give uh, AEW money? Corpus Christi. Ticket sales <laughs> are, sh- are shit right now. Yep. And Cincinnati, apparently. I thought it was Cleveland. Uh, no, oh, it was Cincinnati. Cleveland. You're right. Wait, hold on. I don't know this story. Is this the? Is this? Yeah, the, f- the, the tickets aren't moving well for their uh, their Ohio show. Oh, which okay. Is, is like ne- end of next month. And that's fucking weird because like you'd think all the Moxley people would be going insane over this, but I, Moxley I guess has not. tweeted about how he's disappointed. Cincinnati so far. needs to get his shit together. Yeah. Yeah. Corpus Christi is just a bad wrestling town. Like of all the towns in Texas, go to Austin. Honestly, replace Corpus Christi with Austin. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's not the only thing fucking AEW this week, because also, what was the, is it, where did they have full gear? Was it Detroit? Where the fu- Wherever the fuck it was. Apparently- Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, so the Maryland Board of fucking, like, sports is investigating AEW over what happened during the John Moxley and Kenny Omega match. No, 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 hold, hold, hold on, hold on. The best part about that is, would you like to know what they're investigating them for? Blading. That's not oh, really? the mouse. Yeah, not the mouse trap thing. Not the literal trampoline of barbed wire. <laughs> not a man that threw himself onto like a legit hardwood floor. There the, might have been a razor blade in there somewhere. That's unacceptable. I would love if they went to court and they were like, hey, at one point a sharp object was used to cut open one of your wrestlers, and it's just the clip of Kenny fucking sweeping across Moxley's back. It's like, yeah! Fuck, it was part of the match! It wasn't secretive, everyone saw it! <laughs> it's like, what cut it open? I don't know, maybe all that fucking glass on the floor! You ever consider <laughs> that douche? Yeah! But, um, speaking of AEW, I do want to say my new favorite shot in the AEW versus WWE war came from Kevin Owens this Monday on Raw, because good old KO in the first hour before 9 o'clock just looked at Seth Rollins just like, everything you're saying is bullshit, and... Kevin didn't even look like he meant it. He just looked excited to say the word bullshit on TV. He, like, you could see a smile growing on his face as he was like, bullshit. That's because um, you could see in his eyes just the all of that. All of that malice and that hatred and that excitement was directed at one Sir Chuck Taylor. Yeah, exactly. I also like that it seemed like he didn't want to say it at first, because the whole promo was him being like, you know, Seth, what you're saying, it, it smells a lot like like something that the people in Nashville would be used to when the rodeo comes into town, and you go into the rodeo, you smell this, and it comes from the animals, and that was the it. That, that was saying, I'm implying bullshit, let's continue the promo. Promo continues, and then Kevin, like, 
out of nowhere just goes, oh, by the way, the thing I was talking about is bullshit. And everyone's like, what the, what the fuck? That came out of nowhere, Kev. But, uh, uh, also, uh, one of my, 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 one of my favorite things to see coming out of the last week was Jericho was like, I watched Survivor Series. It was really good. But then he was talking about the, uh, Scott, you, you watched it. There was the backstage bit between Miz and uh, uh, Miz and Daniel Bryan where Miz yeah, where is he like, says you, you have to do it for the children Jericho was like fucking nobody talks like that yeah like somebody's somebody's response was like there's a dinosaur that's over in your company I was like yeah but the dinosaur doesn't cut fucking like 60s Batman promos <laughs> like yeah. it's like you know what this this dinosaur may be a little bit too into conspiracy theories for me but damn he knows how to do do his job yeah he doesn't go buck wild on it. Someone was like, you know, they also don't speak in old, outdated Looney Tunes references. And Chris was like, hey, fuck you. At least I mean it when I say it. I and mean they this totally shit. do. Fucking <laughs> suffering succotash. So, <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought that's what he was talking about at first. Yeah. By, by, the, by the way, you saw that... Uh, Continuing, Jerry, you saw a little little bit of the bubble is uh, is actually like, yeah, over it, like ten. I believe at this point it's like over twelve thousand bottles sold. It, it's a real thing, and we live in the one fucking state in the union that you can't get alcohol shipped to, and it pisses me off. I mean, you can I'm ship it, you can ship it to guy. me, and I can hold it until you get here. It'll be <laughs> like a late present. Because I'm not like a wine guy or a spirits or like at all. But I would drink the fuck out of a little bit of the bubbly. Well, we would give it, we would send it to you now, and then you would present us with the empty bottle eventually. Yes. I hate um, champagne. So speaking, we, we didn't actually talk about New Japan, but I would like to talk about one man in New Japan, my personal hero, the bad good boy, the bad good boy, Tamatanga. Nope, that wasn't it at all. The bad good, <laughs> is it bad, the bad, is it bad guy? The bad? good bad guy. There it is, Okay. Who is my favorite human being on the planet? Because essentially, Enzo Amore does shit, and we all just kind of look to Tama to settle him down. Because we're all like, oh, f- I don't want to deal with it. Tama, you got this right. And Tama's like, Yeah, I'll fucking deal with it. Don't Tama worry. got this. I'm about to Tama got you this ass. Hold on. So. Enzo got interviewed by Chris Van Vliet, who, God bless him for putting up with Enzo long enough to get an interview. And he asked him about Tama. And Enzo goes, There's this guy, Tama Tonga. He took food off my plate. So if I ever saw him in public, same thing with Joey Janela. I'm gonna walk up to you and put my hands up. Which uh, I did reply to on Twitter and say, Don't worry, Tama. Even if he had his hands up, it'd only be at waist height. So you should be fine. The difference ah, dude, is... that's, 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 that's dick punching height. That's exactly... <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be careful about that height. That's why That's why it's never safe to fight a midget. Yeah. The difference is, I don't think Tom is going to walk away, and I don't give a damn, because if you book him on the same thing as me, you ain't getting me, because that's his doing. If you're going to blackball me, Tama Tonga, the gatekeeper of New Japan, throw a hissy fit, get upset, he got worked just like everybody else did that day. Talking about Madison Square Garden. That's what we love about pro wrestling. Now, if you're not in on it, and you get upset about it, and you have the nerve to throw shade at my name, who didn't do anything to you, except take spotlight from you all right that's all i did if you have a problem with getting over that ain't my problem 
that ain't my problem. Fuck you! It's it's weird when wrestlers talk about working other wrestlers, isn't it? It is. It is because it seems like this. It seems like this thing, um, like assholes will do. Where like it was just a joke. Why didn't like like yeah exactly yeah it's like that. Where like they're just trying, they're like trying to spin the perspective because it didn't go the way they wanted. So they're trying to like ostracize the other person. Yeah, they're trying to spin it using um, it's a logical fallacy, but I don't know which one it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's just almost like this. Uh, There's a popular comic that went around for a while back in the 4chan days, um, where. You know, you got this guy that's like, hey, I'm pretending, I'm being real stupid, huh? Just a couple normal people. It's like, stop being stupid, dude. This yeah, is real exactly. stupid. And this guy's like, I was only pretending to be stupid. It, it's just Ring of Honor. This is, and this is the one time I'll say this, it's not Enzo's fault. Ring of Honor was the people, and like, it, Joey Mercury tweeted about it. They were the people who were like, we need to do this, but don't tell anybody about it. Keep it under wraps. And they immediately realized this was a fucking mistake. This yeah, was a real. A, there's a reason. There's that great, wonderful gift that I wish I. There's a there's a li- list of gifts I want that are all Tomatonga doing things. Yeah. Uh, these include taking the camera and then just like crotch humping it. Uh, yeah. That one's that one's a great one. The other one is him yeeting the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship. <laughs> Full force across the Madison Square Garden conf- or, uh, like media room after that bullshit. Yeah, he and- also he also knew it was Ring of Honor and not them. But here's the thing: I'm pretty sure afterwards Enzo is just such a shitty person that he just didn't care. Well, not only that, I feel like he does not realize that it didn't work. He's just like, it was the first show that Vinny Mac didn't run in Madison Square Garden. I knew I had to be on it. And it's like, yeah, but it's not, you didn't do it the right way, and it got real bad, and no one likes it. It's not your fault, Enzo, but they did it really fucking badly. And I feel like, I think he thinks that Tama Tonga is the reason that it didn't work out. And it's like, no, it didn't work out because it didn't work on the day, my dude. No, it's like, you, we... You were gone before that show was over. You just didn't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. You were gone before that segment was over. Well, speaking of dicks, fucking Sandman. God bless that absolute asshole of a man, Sandman. Because You see the picture of him at a show? He was wearing pajama pants. He's Wait, pajama pants? <laughs> Do I look like I'm lying about this shit? <laughs> So what had happened was Jordan Grace tweeted out during uh, WrestleCade that happened last weekend. Oh, by the way, did anybody see the the throwback TNA? Oh, uh, wait, you're talking about the one from last week? Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, I watched it on, I literally watched it on Thanksgiving with my parents. It was fucking phenomenal. Emily was very confused the whole time. I was, the only thing was, was like, I appreciated the Rough Riders, R- Riders-like promo, but it was so hard for me to listen to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because I was like, I appreciate what you're doing, but I can't listen to you talk like this. It's it's so cringy to me. Well, my favorite was their match, because their match was essentially them versus four gimmick guys. And they didn't even bother. Like, they had a construction worker come out, and they're like, Bill Ding! Coming out of the ring, it's Bill Ding! And then a race car driver, it's Ray Strack! Ray Strack is here. But Jordan I assume Grace, they won that match. <laughs> yeah, but then Jordan Grace uh, tweeted during WrestleCade, Hey, remember that time the Sandman came up to four women about to main event to tell us that women main eventing is wrong and any male wrestler with any sort of experience would agree? Was this in 1998? No, it was tonight, December 2019. Holy shit, Sandman, fuck! The best part about that? Tessa called him out later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm leading to. Because he made a mistake right there, I would say. And then Tessa Blanchard came out for a match. And he goes, I was in the back earlier tonight, and I had to listen to an old ECW guy who used to have a beer in his hand talk about how women shouldn't be main eventing this event or any event. And that led to him saying it's not because he didn't have faith in these women, but because he didn't have faith in you fans. Which I can only assume led to a chorus of fucking boos. Now, I don't know about you guys, but it's 2020, and I think that's a crock of horseshit. Because the women in the ring right now are some of the best women's wrestlers. No, 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 they are some of the best wrestlers in this business. Look around, you're looking at some of the women that have traveled the world, gone different countries, uh, and held notable titles and notable companies all over the entire world. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't think of anyone better to main event. Fuck yes, Tessa just smacked Sandman in his old dangled balls. So, uh, my favorite thing about that is that, like, of all the people in women's wrestling you could probably start shit with, there are probably, like, five that it really wouldn't work out for you. Uh, Nyla Rose, Awesome Kong, uh, probably Aja Kong. And then, like, the other two are Tessa Blanchard, who works out, like religiously and then jordan grace who is literally her name was thick mama pump (laughs) i've never heard that i fucking love that so much yeah that was how i first came across her was like there was something where like it was some interaction and i I was just like everything about this is what i'm about and like she she can do one-arm push-ups like, she teamed with Scott Steiner and fucking Petey Williams. Like, she's the, she's considered the female equivalent of that. Sandman has literal sandpaper for bones. Also, we lost Blake. Uh, yeah, he's gone, but it's fine. We're just gonna ignore that. Um, yeah, okay, I do want to ask this, though. Because a lot of people have been talking about when her contract runs up with Impact, do you think Tessa would move to AEW? And a lot of people are saying, yes, I think I'm the one person in existence who's like, fucking no. Because Tessa Blanchard will, unfortunately, never win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Tessa Blanchard is about to win the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Cool. Then what? I mean, she defends it and becomes, fuck you. Don't do this to me right now. I'm saying I am the ghost of Christmas future. (laughs) Oh, but so let me so let me let me tell you why that you have the right idea, but the wrong time. 
Okay. So currently, Impact, while having an expanded thing, and hell, they might be able to sell her on that. Hey, we're on the upswing. We're on the up and up. She, you're right, is very likely about to become the first women's AE or uh, Impact champion. Um, do you know what happened to the first ever women's like champion in like a major? company i believe are you referring to princess kimberly who then went to wwe and now means little to nothing on the indies she's getting back there because you know substance abuse and people are oh that's right that. yeah yeah uh but do you know what chikara did after that they didn't have another fucking women's champion and it had nothing to do with her reign they just didn't do it again well i would also argue they didn't have really any big women's wrestlers at this point? At that no, point. they had they had fucking uh, they had Ruby. Ruby did, was there. I thought Ruby left before, uh, or almost at the exact same time that Kimber did, because I think they both weren't they both in uh, the May Young Classic that year. I don't think so. Yeah, well, fuck it. But I mean, either way, yeah, I can kind of see. But also, Chikara's fucking insane. Chikara, right? I... Right. They were insane. They made a women a woman champion. On, like, no notice. They surprised. They money in the bank that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. So, so there's this thing of, like, there's not a great history of, like, yeah, we made the we made this big move. Right. And then, like, status quo not returning to... So, like, Tessa's the only person that can currently do that. Currently. Until, like, maybe Jordan gets big enough. I could see... Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, but, like, that'll take years. That'll take... So like, what's Tessa doing in the in the in the meantime? She's constantly mixing it up. That might be what she wants. She might want that that whatever, or maybe she wants to bring like more to a different company. She already in, in, instilled change. Yeah. And if anybody knows like what the good or bad that AEW is doing, it would be the person whose father literally works for the company. Oh yeah, I consistently, and this is this is the difference between like the two horsemen daughters. You can never forget Charlotte Flair is the daughter of Ric Flair. As much as they try, I have forgotten Tessa Blanchard is the child of Tully so many fucking times. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's Tessa Blanchard, no big deal. And then I went, oh wait, that's Tully's daughter. That's right. <laughs> it's so it's okay, but yeah, no. So she knows like what's going on and honestly whenever they brought tully in at first i almost thought it was like a long-term like chess move yeah yeah uh, until i actually saw him in the company it was like oh no dude's dude's just fucking gold dude's right, just right. gold uh fucking they spike power bombed sunny kiss or spike uh spike pile drove sunny kiss on dark oh like really to janelle like yeah and tully was the one calling for it he's like we're doing this and old man jumped up and bam it's uh, one of those moves that when the Bucks do it, I'm like, that looks really cool. When anyone else, like, the way Tully does it, I'm just like, eh. It does not <laughs> look as vicious as it does when, like, the Bucks hit, like, a Meltzer driver. But I mean, yeah. that's the difference between a, a pile driver and a... And a Meltzer driver. The Dave Meltzer driver. The, the time they did his dad, that's a whole different story. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's why I think she might go like you're right a lot of people have her going no one has her going to wwe because wwe shunned her hardcore because they were like you have an attitude and then she proved to justify it over the course of the next two years 
She was like, you think I have an attitude? Oh, you son of a bitch. And she just started working out. It was yeah, like that said- training montage in Rick and Morty where they're playing X gonna give it to you. <laughs> yeah. That's what the that's what the fuck that was. And then she came out. And then she beat down pro wrestling like Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but the thing is, is that Impact can't offer her Tony Khan money. Yeah, I could see that. But you know who offers us Tony Khan money? Literally no one. I would love to meet Tony Khan. That would be great. I would love for you to meet Tony Khan. That would be better than any WrestleMania. I would love fucking one day I go to Patreon. They're like, you have a new patron. Tony Khan has donated $10,000 a month. What the fuck? Okay. He's like, we don't even got- have a tear for that. Do we, do we have to start selling children? You got <laughs> You guys say a lot of good stuff about AEW. Keep it going. $10,000, baby. But if you want to be the next Tony Khan, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. It's a website where you can support the BS boys and you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Like the Patreon champion of Fight Boys, Ghazi, who did declare that if anyone comes for his throne, he will up to $50. So I'm going to need y'all to come for fucking Ghazi's throne. That way we can get even more money. And also, you get access to exclusive shows on the network. Like, you paid for this where Blake and I watch terrible movies and then commentate over them. Or a good movie, because this month we did Heavyweights. And holy fuck, that movie is amazing. And also, It holds up. It holds up so fucking well. It holds up very, very well. And also the exclusive show, which is going to be, we figured out kind of the vibe we want to do for wrestling history. And it's going to be more of like a Dan Carlin hardcore history where just one of us tell the story of some of our favorite moments in professional wrestling history. The first one's going to be out in January. It's going to be me talking about the summer of punk, which... People have been saying, like, wrestling or Twitter moment of the decade. My wrestling moment of the decade might be the pipe bomb. And that was in 2011. That was nine years ago. But even still, I'm like, "Mm, that's probably my favorite thing that happened this decade. I don't know. It's what brought me back. It'd be hard for me to argue that with you. Yeah, I, I mean, for you, I would say either that or maybe, like, Kenny winning the title, but that's no. It wasn't even. It wasn't even Kenny winning the title. The the first, the first of the trilogy. Yeah, that even though he lost, I've never been more invested in a match. In oh my yeah, entire, yeah. In my entire life, like I ran around the room. I like. I personally cursed Gato um, yeah. <laughs> out loud. Like I was just so angry. By the end of it, it felt like I had run an emotional marathon. Like I I collapsed for like a solid eight hours after that main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, for now, Dylan, who we tweeting at? Should it be Scott Steiner? Um, n- no, no. <laughs> oh, you should tweet at you should tweet at Jordan Grace and uh, and uh, tell her to show uh, show Sandman why they call her Thick Mama Pump. <laughs> oh God, that's I fucking love that nickname so much. She got rid of it as she moved to, like, as she got... Because her, her style, like, she became more, like... They made her more photogenic on impact. Because she used to have, like, a much more, like, working-class look. Now, like, she has the hair and the makeup, which she didn't have when I first started following her, when she was on the indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, she's engaged to... I think she's still engaged to Jonathan Gresham. Oh, really? What the fuck? Yeah. That's that's awesome, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, there was a, there's nothing. Oh, do you want to announce? Because has, has Blake picked what he wants to do for our? I was thinking we were going to call it like wrestling archive appreciation. Um, are you, wait, which one are you talking about? The Patreon show? Yeah. Because I I don't know because I figure we could each do something like exclusively because I know you want to talk about Kenny's junior run yeah and I I don't know you you know Blake as well as I do and you know if we were like hey you just have to talk about wrestling for thirty minutes I'm fairly sure the boy would freeze up and seize actually we've been we've been talking about this for a while by the way I feel like we need to find a way for the letters of it to spell out woo woo <laughs> the wrestling observer. No. Re- the re- yeah, no. That I think that one's already taken. Oh I, wait, wait. Wrestling History X. Wait, I think that's isn't that the fucking show they had on MTV? Yeah, that's Wrestling Society. But yeah, that's what it was. Okay, that's well, almost better actually. Wrestling History X. I yeah, think that's, that's, a, that's ours. It's Wrestling History X. It has to be. It has to be. All right. This but, is the way. While we wait on Blakey T to get back, let's just get into our heels and faces of the week. Do we want to start with the good or the bad? Oh, I, I, we should probably like wait because I, I feel like like Blake's bad is one that we need to like really. Okay, so let's start with good then because I, I don't have a lot to say about my baby face of the week, but mine currently is the New Day's new podcast because I didn't think anything WWE put out in the podcast world would really have that kind of edge that I needed in a podcast, but holy... I mean, it's really it's really not one that... It's one that WWE is allowing. There's a <laughs> harsh difference. But it's so good because, like... You can hear them trying to break off and branch off into their own stories and then being like, no, we've got only a specific amount of time to fucking do this. Like, at one point, the guy who, like, I guess is their producer literally walks over and squats down in front of them and stares, just like, you need to end it. You guys have to call it now. But, like, the first episode is just them talking about how they got New Day started, and one of the most the most like revealing things they say is the fact that it's when uh xavier talks about getting to the main roster and they're like you gotta find your own thing because we've already got a high energetic black guy and his name is kofi kingston so you have to completely change your whole deal my dude and xavier was like that is why i did not want kofi in new day initially was almost like that's the guy that's the guy who stopped me from being me but it was real interesting hearing them talk about like the creation process and all the ideas and Xavier being like, look, I, I know I picked, pitched it as a new nation of domination, but that's not what it was. And Biggie's like, no, no, no. I think that's distinctly what you said it was. No, that's not what it was supposed <laughs> to be. And then the reaction. You remember, you remember last week where I told you that this was going to be amazing and it was? You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a really fun look at. The that reminds me, I need to I download that. Yeah, I can't wait for it to get beyond them talking about, like, their origin story, just so we can have 45 minutes of the New Day talking shit, because that was the best part of the show, was when they strayed from, like, normal conversation and just started talking about random shit. It was the best part. So, my baby face of the week is New Day. Feel the power! This Is it my turn, then? That's it is. It, it's your turn. Welcome back. Hello. Um... My baby face of the week, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Um, one, the Undisputed Era's Christmas photo. 
I have not seen this yet. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's them in their pose, like they all have like the the sweaters, and Bobby Fish is wearing sandals, and it <laughs> is. Bobby Fish lost his last fuck so long ago. Yes. Bobby the Bobby Fish became over with me, not when he wrestled, but when he was like on the corner waiting to tag in Kyle. And all like it was at a Ring of Honor show, arena completely silent, and you just hear Bobby like, Go get him, Kyle! Kyle, you can do it! I believe in you! And just rooting for him throughout the whole match. And that's what I was like. I don't want him to ever be tagged in. I just want him on the rope screaming violently at his teammate. Uh, yeah, it, it just... I, I fucking love this group of boys. Like, they are all real fucking good. Yeah. Also, um, Ric Flair's ringtone is a Ric Flair drip, so... I mean... Yeah, hold on, that's it. But Blake's main baby face was Ric Flair's ringtone, and he's like, it's it's just this. That's all I can really say about it. Charlotte posted, I think it was a Snapchat, when she, the moment that she figured out, it's like, Dad, is that your ringtone? Yeah. And, and, he's, he's, there, the... and he's there keeping time, like, Ric Flair. And I was just, by the way, by, by the way, I was talking with uh, Scotty Scotty earlier in the week because there was the video of Ric Flair at the, the Starcade show. And, like, Ric Flair has looked the worst he's ever looked, like, five or six years ago. Yeah. But it's just stayed at that level. Like, normally somebody looks bad and then they start to get worse. Ric Flair has, like, evened out. It is arguably he started to look a little better. It is yeah. absurd. It's kind of like when Vince slowly started to grow his hair back after he got it shaved in that match, and you're like, how does he look younger now? He looks so much fucking better now. Yeah. Um, who is it? Keith, Keith Richards? It's like Keith, Ric Flair, or Keith, yeah, Ric Flair's the Keith Richards of wrestling, where it's just like, shouldn't you be dead? Like, several times over, should you not be dead? Um, hey guys, quick, quick thing I found on Adam Cole's Twitter. Apparently... WWE's getting back to having cool sponsors because Kraken Rum is sponsoring a trip to WrestleMania. Tell me what finishing move you would use to take down the Kraken to enter for a chance to win a trip to the biggest event in WWE history. All right, uh, that's it. The BS Boys Trinity Powerbomb, baby. Throw it in <laughs> right now. Oh, I was going to say a solid sick dick kick would take it down. <laughs> no, it's a giant cephalopod, though. How many dicks it got? <laughs> yeah. Right, one-winged angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, right, no, perfect. right, Judas effect. Right, the Judas effect. <laughs> God, are you okay? Yeah, you're right. I'm, I had sick dick kick already written out, but it's gotta be. You gotta use the Judas effect, baby. Uh, so Dylan, what is your baby face of the week? Uh, it started with with just Jimmy Havoc on AEW Dark, but it's really it's just. All it's no, it's it's half of AEW Dark. The the match between Sean Spears and Sonny Kiss was like it was a match. Sonny didn't get as much offense as I was hoping he would. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. kind of they kind of dropped him out there to Sean Spears, which like I'm not a fan of. But the first match between Jimmy Havoc and Brandon Cutler, Brandon Cutler coming out in a like Tiamat God of the Dragons inspired jacket, 
fully leaning into the fact that he is the biggest goddamn nerd I've <laughs> ever seen. T- Tiamat, of course, is the evil dragon god who opposes Bahamut, who is the good dragon you god. Can't, by you can't. You can't do this, Blake. You can't. <laughs> uh, Tiamat, of course, is the, no, no, um, no. You, no, you, you didn't hear me. You can't do this. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Five-headed dragon who is lord of the chromatic dragons. Guys, I think my microphone's cutting out or maybe not working. We cannot do this. Hey, is is Scotty's mic cutting out? Because I'm about to talk (laughs) about Bahamut, the the god of the metallic dragons, of (laughs) course. Very good line. Yeah, no. Um, He came out in that thing, which, like, it looked really cool. But at the same time, if you were tuning in for the first time, you're like, what's this bald fucking wizard reject from Lord of the Rings doing here? Like, and then and then Jimmy came out, and Jimmy was Jimmy. The reason Jimmy originally made it was how he was leaning into the staple gun gimmick. Yeah, which was at one part he pulled it out. By the way, Nyla Rose did commentary this week, and it was like it was like old Heenan commentary. Like that's, that's the good. only thing I can compare it to where he has he's like he has like a staple gun. She's like, that's not a staple gun. That's that's one of those newfangled toasters. That's <laughs> <And> like. <laughs> The kind of, like, just forced ignorance yeah. that you can't, like, you can't fucking, can't fucking do. Yeah, you can't, you can't fake that. You have to, you have to fully commit. Uh, but it gets taken away. Havoc, um, does a bunch of, of great spots in that match. Uh, but he, he wins, and then afterwards, because uh, AEW had a thing where they tweeted out that every time Jimmy Havoc used the stable gun, they were going to fine him $10,000. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Havoc decided that after he won... Uh, he was fully okay with losing that money, and he stapled a check for $10,000 to Brandon Cutler's head. <laughs> That's so choice! And then, the best part was was Excalibur slowly being like, he stapled a piece of... He stapled a check for $10,000 to his <laughs> head. And then they show up backstage, with Brandon's like, what did you... Why are you doing that? Like, it wasn't even a, like, hey man, it was like, a, what the... And then there was this, like, producer dude that was there. He was like, you knew what you were getting when you signed Jimmy Havoc. If I yeah. want to go out to the bars and fight people, I'm going to go out to the bars and fight people. If I want to staple something to someone's head, I'm going to staple something to someone's head. And then he takes another check for 10000 staples it to the wall, and says, that's for, what, that's for the next time I do it. <laughs> and then he leaves. Also, the- speaking of Excalibur, I will say, we're going to get into Heels of the Week. Secondary Heel of the Week does go... To Excalibur and Jr. for the worst introduction of a fucking of of anybody to no, to AEW. False, false, false. Okay, Dwight. It's Christian. <laughs> That's the worst one. <laughs> the body, the blades, the blade. Jr. The whole time. Who? Who oh. is this? The blade, the body. That's all he who are, says. Who are you? And I was lucky because I had I had knowledge of them from when they were like on the. I forgot it was um, old BS. I forgot it was Braxton Sutter. But the whole time I'm like, he looks. He is. He is ripped as fuck. He's fucking terrifying. And the whole time it's just the blade, the bunny, the blade, bunny butcher, butcher's here, blade. And I mean, my favorite, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, James Vanderbeek, was just like, yo, dude, fuck. That was rough. That was a rough one, my guys. And he put all the blame on JR, and people are like, maybe Excalibur could have said something other than the blade or the butcher. Maybe Listen, something could have been there. It's fine. They can't all be winners. 
We're just pull, pulling it apart because there are so few terrible ones, and we've just accepted Corey Graves yeah. uh, as an inevitability. Anyway. I feel like you could have been like, the bunny, they never said it was Allie, but Allie, who just got attacked by Brandy Rhodes, does it not make sense to, on commentary, be like, they will. They will. It's Yeah, fun. but I, they could have at the time. <laughs> They've been a show for less than three months. Okay, I'll give them. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So, Dylan, what's your heel of the week? Motherfucker, you didn't let me finish my baby face. Uh, <laughs> I thought you is that shut your like... mouth. Shut your mouth and know your role. You Sit down. You can't keep yelling. You're breaking my internet again. No, it's like it's like fucking Step Brothers. No, just sh- sh- shut up. No, sh- sh- shut your mouth. Sh- sh- shut your mouth right now. You need to hear about Jimmy Havoc. It wasn't even Jimmy Havoc. It was the main event, which was uh, oh, okay. which was Jurassic Express of Baby Saurus and uh, Jungle Boy versus uh, Proud and pa- Powerful, which was just honestly entertaining. Like or- Santana and Ortiz. Like I don't I don't know what it is. It's, I don't know what kind of charisma it is where they can just do stupid shit, but it yeah. still seem intimidating. Like, like Ortiz is on the outside, like just hip swiveling at the crowd, like continuously. <laughs> like, and then he would do like the the cat claws. Now he like spammed that like it was a taunt in two K. Yeah, like, it was, and like it was still believable that they were they were gonna win. But no, Jungle Boy, like, um, fucking Jungle Baby Saurus is by far like. My favorite unorthodox tag team. Did the spot make it in? I saw it online. Yeah. The fucking... The spot where it's like Luchasaurus and uh, Jungle Boy grab Marco and basically do like the baby swing with him and then throw him... him. him. They They heave him him into a Canadian destroyer on Sammy Guevara. It is... (laughs) It is is But no, they're... There are so many different moves they do that actually get over Marco's stunt as a viable competitor. Like, like the combinations they have, the use of him and like his size and like their overall speed, they're like their teamwork, like actually puts him over. Whereas like in any other company, it would just be like, oh, this straight jobber. And he would just be like, oh, look at it. You know, he's got heart. No, dude's got, dude's got skill. Um, and I, I really, I really appreciate that for, uh, for pro wrestling. Also, it means that whenever the other tag team hits their finish, it looks so fucking brutal. <laughs> because Marco Stunt just gets ragged yeah. all to hell. Oh, he does what he does best. He, oh my god. He makes Dolph Ziggler look like a Road Warrior animal. That is... Yeah. That is... It is... Oh my god. But then there was the stuff afterwards, and then Luchasaurus squared off with uh, Jake Hagar. And like... That was That was really dope. Luchasaurus, by the way, like, like the longer I watch it, the more apparent it is that Luchasaurus is just like, he has really devastating moves, but like, if you know what you're looking for, they are slow as country molasses. Oh, oh yeah, 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 very true. Like, his, I love his question mark kicks to the end of the earth and back, but you can tell that they are just like very slow paced. My favorite that, is still- Actually, that's his better one. The tail whip, like his, his roundhouse, that one's, that one's really slow. Uh, my, my favorite like the, is still the the sidekick that goes over the head, and then he just fucking mule kicks in midair to connect with the back of the skull. Yeah, that one's yeah. my favorite. Oh, but he's so good. He's so good. It's 
yeah so jungle i don't know man like i i, I really i honestly i hate six-man tag titles like yeah. as a concept aew is the one place where i was like you really need them like yeah. you could totally do it with you could totally do it you have yeah you have like there's the elite there's jungle express like inner circle could easily scrounge scrounge up some shit for it the best friends could go for it uh, there's always the bunny the blade the bunny the bunny blade butcher butcher all of them they could get it i don't know kip Be sabian in the hybrid too yeah i just need to see more of those guys those guys are great uh yeah there's there, there's there's like a bunch of like three to four people factions like loosely yeah. associated and i feel like that could be real good well, now on to heels of the week. Do, do either of you want... Actually, no, Blake, you physically cannot. You gotta end it. Okay. But, uh, Dylan, would you like to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, hold on, I gotta remember what yours is again. Oh, uh, mine's the mistreatment of the best thing in pro wrestling. The Kabuki Warriors wrestled this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a, as a, as a, as a fun aside for anyone listening, we, we've started doing our, uh, our, like, our categories for, like, end of the year show. And, uh, as a joke, I justified putting Asuka and the Kabuki Warriors in all but two slots out yeah. of, like, the number that I did. <laughs> but, uh, I was real, I was real proud of me. Yeah. But I, I, I've already teased it. So I will say my heel of the week is WWE's treatment of Becky fucking Lynch. Cause like you said, we are doing our end of the year awards right now, trying to figure out like who gets what. I contemplated putting in a category that's just biggest disappointment and it's Becky Lynch since WrestleMania. Because first she had the Seth shit and then just like this floundering thing with Charlotte. And now just this now she's not been uh, she is literally just in the women's tag division at this point she is not a part of raw anymore she did a promo on wwe backstage because she has not been on actual raw for the past two weeks and she was like i've not been on the show since survivor series and i've not defended my title in two months it is becky just furious of like the fuck you know who i am you know i'm the biggest draw you have when used correctly why aren't you using me correctly and it's because just, she's the biggest draw they because like they don't have to put in effort now so they're not going to put in effort uh, it's so infuriating dude because i love it's, her when she's great it's happened literally every time do you remember you're you're reviewing the summer of punk yeah <laughs> in fact uh I, I was writing, I, before work, I wrote all the good bits, and then I had to write the bad bits afterwards, where I was like, well, the Triple H stuff was weird, but it wasn't that bad, and then I read the summary of the Night of Champions match, where Triple H took on Punk, and it was like, well, there was a near fall, then our truth and The Miz came out for some reason, oh, then John Laurinaitis came out, also Kevin Nash was there, and I'm like, what the fuck is this storyline? Why is there so much going on right now? I I did receive a text message from myself. <laughs> you oh, forgot but about I, that bit, didn't you? That got relegated to a single sentence in my in my fucking script. It is just there was some shit about texting, and I just don't want to get into it. It's just that bad. Yeah, no. During during my Christmas break is when I'm gonna look through like all of the Kenny Junior stuff, and I've decided that I'm just gonna do it chronologically. Yeah, uh, and also this might take an hour. So, 
Oh, the punk thing's probably going to be like 45 minutes. I was aiming yeah. for a tight 20, and it, it got but, out of like, mine's, hand. Mine's, mine's going to be full chronological, because like... Yeah, I, I started. I started thinking it out while I was doing like a walk at work and like being like, and then I can do this and this, and I don't remember the exact matches, but you can have like this structure and like I was. I was just like, I am putting way too much effort into something I'm not getting paid for. Also, Blake, I, I think you. I haven't thought about mine at all. I, I I was fixed to say while you were gone, Dylan was like, "What do you think Blake's doing?" And I'm like, "Have you met Blake Tanner? <laughs> he will show up that day drunk in a captain's hat, and he'll just go for it." <laughs> I, I actually, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do Daniel Bryan's career because oh the like, whole thing, I'm I just want to do a retrospective of it. Yeah, because oh. he's actually my favorite wrestler. All right, no, that's fair. And yeah, like my first WrestleMania was 30. So like, there you go, boom, buddy. That's it, guys. We can't. We gotta get. We gotta finish the show. Heels of the week. Go quickly. Uh, so I don't know if you know this. So the Viking Raiders became the the Raw Tag Team Champions like a couple months ago. Couple I months fucking ago. I've straight up forgot. I exactly forgot right. Do you want to know why? Since then, ten out of their twelve matches have been against enhancement talent. The Raw Tag Team Champions haven't wrestled anybody. They haven't wrestled a single. They they won at Survivor Series against two other champions. You know who they wrestled after that? Local jobber talent. Why am I supposed to care about the Viking Warriors? How are they faces? Beating up jobber talent is for heels. That's how you get over. This is literally like, I I fuck like. Every time I think wrestling is on the upswing, shit like this happens, I was like, oh, that's right. Like, and it's not me that does it. Like, somebody in wrestling will point it out because everybody looks at things differently and notices something. They'll be like, hey, what about that? And you're just like, oh, yeah. It's like, the, it's like, the, it's like the John Mulaney bit about him, him and his girlfriend when she's like, you're f- the bus driver shouldn't talk to you like that. The internet's like, Raw shouldn't be written this shitty. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck yeah so blakey t because we've already ran long what's your heel of the week okay i'm gonna try to keep it concise because this is another one we're gonna have to retire <laughs> is that official do we have an official <laughs> i think if it's three times like especially in a row it has to get retired because people are gonna get tired it's like those weeks when we had to talk about like Paige and alberto's relationship and eventually had to be like we we can't this week you know, it's whenever whenever AEW decides to reset their point counters. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Deal, deal. All right, I like it. So, Blake. Ring of Fucking Honor. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanna I just wanna collect everything that we've got. We know it's just going down the toilet. It's utterly going down the tubes. There was just a recent story that kind of just got me, and um, so. When Britt Baker signed with AEW, um, she still had a few days. You just drinking straight from the bottle, huh, Scotty? Hey, bud, what's up? (laughs) Uh, But Britt Baker had about a half dozen dates left with them that they were going to wrestle. So Ring of Honor, as soon as they find out that she signed with AEW, said, Fuck it. We're just going to cut your dates in half. Because fuck you. Because you can just eat a dick. I forgot she wrestled for Ring of Honor, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was apparently the word backstage, and I'm just going off this report, is that Joe Coff specifically, who, my favorite uh, joke of the week from Reddit is that uh, he should be named Jerkoff instead of Joe Coff. It's very good. Um, told Ring of Honor uh, staff that they didn't feel like they owed Baker anything as related to keeping her dates. I got so, sit for that. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Damn. Apparently, others backstage went to bat for her, but um, she just she got her five minutes with Kelly Klein, and that was about fucking it. And, and she got told that her dates were weren't going. When when did she get told all about this? Oh oh, she she was told all about this once she arrived to a show, and she had been removed from one of the, from that show. That was one of the dates that she was taken away from. Fuck ah, this is uh. This is the worst company I've ever seen. I want Scorpio Sky to stand, I want them to stand under a Ring of Honor banner and just be like, this was the worst company we ever worked for. Um, of course, then they went on to say that uh, at that time, Women of Honor members, their pay would be $12,000 a year. Which was later bumped up to twenty thousand, which is great because that's still nothing. That's still nothing. I hate Joe Coff. I hate Delirious. I hate Matt Taven. Can't wait to get back to AEW. <laughs> oh God! Some um, let's see. Hold on. According to the numbers, their matches are popular on their digital platforms, and some wanted more screen time. If you were non-exclusive. Uh, ROH talent, male or female, your pay would be $150 per show, and sometimes lower. This is some Mike Quackenbush bullshit. Here's the thing. Mike Quackenbush isn't backed by a multi-billion dollar company. (laughs) Yeah. Mike Quackenbush has been operating at a loss for like two decades. So when Mike Quackenbush pulls this shit... Part of me is like, that's a dick thing to do. And then part of me is also like, it's probably just like bad internalized habits of like, just, just fucking trying to make it work. And then like justifying, justifying things that way. And it's, I'm sure it's just a horrible mess. Oh, fuck. So that's, that's my bit. That's my favorite thing I want is like, who, I I assume that Ring of Honor has the title with them. I would really hope that they didn't fire Kelly Klein when she was still in physical possession of the belt. I want her to throw it in a trash can so bad. (laughs) Summer of fucking Klein, baby! It's starting! The year was 1969. The U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead... On the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something. I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine. And the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? Oh, 
aboard and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this Stevie. So, boys, we've talked WWE, we've talked AEW, we've talked ROH, unfortunately. Uh, NWA now has uh, Bad News fucking Barrett, my dude. Oh, fuck! Yeah, I'm afraid he's got some bad news. Well, I gotta fucking start watching NWA Power right now. Yeah, he's their new uh, commentary guy, right? That's great. That's the best, that's the best, like, upgrade I've heard of. Like, who did we, we lost Jim Cornette. Who did we get? Wade Barrett. Fuck yeah. yeah. We got, we got, we got professionalism and a better accent. Let's do this. Well. Let's have some decorum. Well, speaking of great commentary teams, my favorite commentary team has got to be Silver Spoon and Captain Tibbs, and I want to hear a little bit of their voices, so let's turn things over to them for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined by a man who's been to his share of barcades. It's Captain Tibbs. I don't even know what a barcade is, but I've been to a lot of them. Well, Tibbs, it's actually our next pay-per-view, JWF Barcade. And right now, we're just going to get into it because we've got an amazing match to determine who is going to be facing our JWF champion, Momoa Curry, at that pay-per-view. We saw it Los Trios Tangos just a few weeks ago. The rat boy, Connor, he climbed to the top of the ladder, grabbed the briefcase, became number one contender. But one person didn't agree with that, and it actually happened to be his tag team partner, Victor. As I would call Sills the one competent member of that team. That's right. Never since the rat sension that they've exploded. They've imploded, if you will. And they are in the ring right now for a number one contender's bout. And oh my God, Victor just rushing Connor, pinning him to the mat with a big Lutez press, just violently striking him with those hammer fists down onto the skull. And Tibbs Victor looks pissed. I would be too, Sills. That's going to hurt, but that's not going to put you down. That's right. Connor frantically reaching for those ropes, trying to escape Victor, the man who's always been considered the better man in the rat sentient. Shibata, our faithful referee, desperately trying to pull Victor away from the rat boy. But no! Doesn't last long as Victor once again rushes him with a big splash into the corner and raining down more shots. Tibbs, let me tell you something. This is a new Victor, a man unlike we've ever seen before. And you know what, Sills? I kind of like it. There's a bit of violence in that boy. That's right. Connor powdering out to the outside, trying to find some respite from this assault, but Victor not having it. Going to the top rope, and oh my god, a beautiful diving clothesline. Almost taken off the head of the rat boy. It looks like he's laying prone down onto the mat. But Tibbs looks like Victor... Backing up, going for something big, going for a big splash, but oh, Connor ducks it, and Victor, oh my god, look at the air he got on that splash, actually soaring over the guardrail and into the JWF universe. My god, those people are going to be hurt. I love it. That's all right, but meanwhile, we got to pay attention to Shibata. Shibata at a count of five. These men only have a ten count to get things back into the ring, but oh my god. 
Victor with a big springboard dropkick leveling Connor. We saw the Rat Boy. He was trying to get back into the ring, trying to break that count. But, I mean, Victor with that dropkick just sends him flying into the ring post. And Tibbs looks like he's got the Rat Boy busted open. Connor seeing his own blood forming a crimson mask over his face. And Tibbs, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know if Victor wants to win at this point. He has just snapped. He's showing us exactly that kind of tenacity, that kind of viciousness that you need to win a championship. <laughs> That's right, Victor, just a feral mongoose backing Connor up against the guardrail. And oh my god, a massive spear from Victor sends both of the members of the Rat Sension tumbling through the guardrail. And both of these men are wiped out, and it is horrifying, Tibbs. My God, this is much more than I expected. That's right, and Shibata, Shibata now at a count of eight. Both members of the Rat Sension trying to crawl to the ring. Shibata offering up a count of nine. It looks like the Rat Boy, the Rat Boy first to the ring, grabbing at the apron, trying to crawl his way in. But Victor, Victor's grabbed him by the leg, pulling him back to the earth. And Tibbs, it is now a count of ten. Both men have been counted out, but it looks like the match might be over, but the brawl has just begun. Victor grabbing a chair and, oh my God, just sandwiching Connor's leg between the chair and ring post. The Rat Boy crying out in pain. Victor is snapped, Tibbs. You know what, Sills? This was really going to determine something big. This was going to determine who was going to win the championship. <laughs> Who is going to face Momoa Curry for that chance to get at the JW Championship? But I've got an idea. It, it, it's, it's a triple threat. Just I know it is, right? Yeah, it's a triple threat. I, I was going to make it a big decision. Am I really that predictable? I mean, Tibbs, it usually, most of the time when something like this happens, there's a double count out or a DQ and you make it a triple. I'm not trying to call you out for anything. I'm just saying that. You know, every once in a while, you happen to make triple threats. Well, you know what? Every once in a while, those triple threats are good. Well, Tibbs, let me tell you something. I want to talk about another man, a man who really does seem like a triple threat. He's been a wrestling booker, a promoter, and most importantly, a wrestler. The man known as Felix the Wrecking Ball, a man, uh. a man who made an offer to you, an offer to join you and Momoa Curry's team at Los Trios Tangos to take out La Flambeau, but of course, you denied him that chance. You instead extended that courtesy to your son, Canada Charlie, and you three absolutely decimated at that pay-per-view, but Tibbs, I've heard, I've heard tell that Felix Ball, he is not happy with that decision. Well, he cannot be happy. We didn't need him, damn it. We didn't need you, Ball. Well, Tibbs, we have actually sent one of our top interviewers backstage to hear directly from Felix Ball. And Tibbs, it's the return, the return of our faithful interviewer, Honeypot. He was possessed by a demon, possessed by the voodoo magics of La Flambeau. But that's all gone away, and he has returned to his post. So let's hear him back in his first interview since his exorcism. Let's have a listen. Hello, everybody. Uh, Honeypot McNuggetface here um, with the man known as Felix Ball. Now, Felix, uh, a few weeks ago, you came out and you made an offer to join Momoa Curry and Captain Tibbs as they faced off against La Flambeau, including my former self, 
in the Los Trios Tango's main event. But when they were later attacked by Mojo Gruff and my former self, me, uh, in a way, as, as, you, may, as you may remember, <clears throat> you, you left them alone in the ring. Uh, now, Felix, uh, it, it's just distressing here. And many, many people need to know why you would display such a blatant disregard for your supposed teammates. And I was just curious. I wanted to ask you that. Okay, look here, McDonald. Calm down, keep your little demon self at bay. It's simple. What a lot of people out there don't want to accept about old Felix Bowe is the fact that I'm playing 3D chess while everybody out there's playing checkers. What would have happened if I got in that ring, huh? I would have gotten put down and beaten and broken just like they were. And where would that have left us for Los Trios Tangos, huh? Three individuals beaten to an inch of their life, forced to fight for the world. We'd have gotten destroyed, and you know it. I was simply making sure that my health was in tip-top shape for Los Trios Tangos, but it seemed Captain Tibbs, he didn't seem interested in bringing me in, no. He didn't seem interested in bringing in the best professional wrestling mind in history and instead decided to put his own son, Chuck Tibbs, at risk. And that's the man. That's the man you really want running this company, huh? You want a man who's willing to sacrifice his only son to the hands of monsters and demons. You see, honeypot, Captain Tibbs has been making mistake after mistake after mistake. And one day gonna catch up to him and I'm gonna make sure that those mistakes catch up to him because because I'll be honest with you Captain Tibbs broke my heart when he refused my offer to join his team and now (laughs) I'm gonna rip apart his entire fucking life Tibbs Strong words there for Felix Ball, and he says he's coming after you. How do you respond to this? So, I have had worse threats in my life. That's not even in the top five, alright? And Felix fucking Ball wants me to step up to Captain Goddamn Tim. I can say he can talk. There's not a damn thing he can do. As far as I know. Well, Tibbs, who knows? I mean, Felix Ball, like, you've said it before yourself, he has a diabolical mind in the world of professional wrestling. And I'll be honest, if anybody could tear apart a life, really destroy a man, I'd be afraid that it's Felix Ball. Sills, I have done a fantastic job of tearing apart my own life. There is nothing that Felix Ball could do that is worse than what I have done to my own self. So I'm welcoming him to try. Well, Tibbs, let's forget about Felix Ball then. You don't seem too, you seem a little nonplussed about the whole issue. So instead, let's go to the ring for another match. In our main event, we have got a match, a rivalry that has existed for months as Blake Tanner, the former JWF captain's champion, takes, uh, takes on the man who took that championship from him, the man known as the Hammer Man. Ah, uh, the best thing that's ever gonna happen. Um, something that you can never take away from me 100% Sills. 
And then, I mean, let's not forget this match has added stakes. Not only is Blake Tanner fighting for the JWF Captain's Championship, he's fighting for the opportunity to face the VWO for the JWF Tag Team titles at Barcade. Scotty Moore, the leader of the dynasty, made an ultimatum to Blake Tanner last week. He said that Blake had to win this match or else he would be replaced by the Dillon. And, and I mean, Tibbs, I gotta say, do you think that's a smart move from Scotty Moore? I mean, the BS, Blake Tanner, Scotty Moore, they have been, pardon the pun, a dynasty in the JWF. Do you think it's a wise move to replace him with the Dillon? Sills, I, I don't know if you know the Dillon and his uh, own certain lone wolf tactics, but I, I think that this is this is probably just a, a really good tactic by Scotty Moore to just light a fire under Blake Tanner's ass. I, I don't think that anybody in their right mind would go through with such an ultimatum like that when you know that you are the best tag team in the division. And I think that Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore are the best tag team we have in our division. That's right, Tibbs, but right now, this is not a tag match. This is a singles match. Hammerman on one side, Blake Tanner on the other, Shibata calling for the bell, and oh my God, Hammerman trying for that big hammer boot from out of nowhere, but Blake Tanner ducking it. Looks like Hammerman has slammed his leg into that turnbuckle, might have hyperextended the knee, and Tibbs, that might be the, the the open point that Blake Tanner needs to secure his championship. What do you think? That's a quick. That was a quick move. Very good reflexes on the part of Blake Tanner. The Hammerman. Of course, he wanted to end this quickly, and he could have if that boot connected. But Blake Tanner, a man known for his extreme agility, even against the Hammerman's pure hammer-based offense, I, that's just got to be painful. That's right, and Blake using the opportunity to hit a beautiful European uppercut, absolutely leveling the Hammerman, going for a quick pin, grabbing at that injured knee, one, two, ooh, and Hammerman kicking out, but you gotta think every single kick out, Blake Tanner wisely is forcing him to use that hyper-extended knee. Now Blake just looking frustrated, backing up to go for the Blake out, but ooh, Hammerman rolling out of the way, and Blake slamming his boot into the nap, banging up his knee as well, Tips. Oh, turnabout being fair play, Sills. That's right, Hammerman rushes, clotheslining to the B to the outside before bouncing off the ropes, and oh, a beautiful Suicida Atomico to the outside. That massive moonsault leveling the ace of the dynasty. Blake Tanner looking rocked as he gets rolled back into the ring, but... Oh, no, Tibbs. Here they are coming out to the ring, the men known as the dynasty... Blake Tanner's stablemate, Scotty Moore, and the Dillon distracting the Hammerman, approaching him from the ramp. But oh my god, before they could do anything, Blake Tanner with a tope suicida leveling the Hammerman. And now Blake Tanner giving a look to his stablemates in the dynasty, almost saying that he's got it. What do you think? Oh, this doesn't look good for my boy, the Hammerman. That's right, and he's rolled Hammer back into the ring, and he's backed up for it. That move that he has won literal championships with, the move that won him the championship the first time these two ever met, the silver bullet super kick straight to the skull of the captain's champion. But it looks like Blake not opting for the pinfall, instead backing up for the Blake out once again, but Hammerman ducks it, grabbing Blake in a roll up, he's got him pinned, one, 
two. Ooh, just barely kicking out at two and three quarters is the former captain's champion, Blake Tanner. And you know that's got to frustrate him, Tips. Of course, Elizabeth. It's an impressive showing by the Hammerman getting up so quickly after that silver bullet. That's right, Blake standing back up. But ooh, quickly leveled with that massive hammer spin kick. And Tibbs, I gotta say something. The Hammer Man is feeling it. He is going to that place, that place that allowed him to defeat all three members of the dynasty in one night. Going to the top rope, preparing for the hammer leg drop. And Tibbs, the crowd raising to their feet because the Hammer Man may be about to bring it home. What do you think? Get him together, Hammer Man. Come on, you've got this, baby. That's right, signaling to the crowd all rising in unison. But oh my god! Tibbs, it's it's Felix Ball! Felix Ball coming out of the crowd with a steel chair, leaving vicious shots to the ribs of the captain's champion. Blake Tanner powdering to the outside, being brought up the ramp by his dynasty teammates, and Felix falls alone in the ring with the Hammerman in that steel chair, and he is just breaking the Hammerman in two. No! Fuck you, Ball, you bastard! How could you do this, you utter, utter waste of space? That's right, and Felix Ball going to the outside, grabbing those massive steel steps. We've seen Felix Ball do some horrifying thing with those steps, but... Oh my god. Oh my god, Tim's Felix Ball. He's got the Hammerman picking him up for the gravity well. That vicious power bomb straight onto the steel stairs. The Hammerman looks like he is broken in half. His back injured, his ribs battered. Looks like he can barely breathe, Tim. This is a horrifying attack from Felix Ball. That motherfucker. That's right, the crowd a chorus of booze raining down on Felix Ball. People shouting they want to kill him. And Tim's at this point, I gotta agree. I mean, whether you're Blake Tanner, whether you're the Hammerman, this was an astounding match. And Felix Ball just came out of it for, for what to get back at you? This is ridiculous. Oh, I'm gonna get him. Oh, my back. I'm gonna power bomb that motherfucker. I'm gonna put him in the hand. I can't move. Well, it looks like, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, Captain Tibbs is a little bit preoccupied right now with what trying to get you. What I can only describe as blind fury. But you guys gotta tune in next time because we gotta find out what's left. We've already got two amazing matches for the Barcade pay-per-view. We are going to see our champion, Momoa Curry, face off against not one member of the Rat Ascension, but both Connor and Victor. And Tibbs, I gotta be honest, this seems almost like a long con. I, I mean, think about it. If both members of the Rat Ascension are in the ring with Momoa Curry, it could become a two-on-one situation. And I don't know if Momoa Curry can handle that. I doubt it, so. I don't think they hate each other too much. I'm gonna get it. Sorry, Paul. That's All right, Tibbs. And in addition to that, we are going to see the team of Scotty Moore and the Dylan men who we've seen in the past be horrible to each other. They've had amazing hell in the cell matches, but they're teaming up as the dynasty to face off the BWO and what's going to be an absolutely breathtaking match. But I mean, who knows what's next? In order to find out, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T. It has been one hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? 
I learned that one day Heels and Babyfaces is going to be its own damn podcast. And I learned that when you do a bit where you put a bunch of whiskey in a, in a Coke Zero, it, it, it'll get you there. It'll get you there a lot faster than you meant for it to. Um, so anyways, uh, hey, Blake, where do where people find you on the internet? Amber you find me at, uh, you just, just take a seat, bud. Where the <laughs> member bet? Find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. You can find me on the BS Network doing this show, A Load of BS, and of course, our special shows on Patreon.com slash A Load of BS. And you can find me on Twitter and on the Bimbovic Cumberbimb at... As Scotty Mo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, buy all my books on Amazon, and make sure to go to iTunes right now and look up Deviant, a space pirate story. I mean, Blake, you forgot the biggest show you're on. The brand new audio drama from the BS Network. You heard a trailer for it earlier in this episode, and it is premiering this Saturday, the first episode of this amazing space pirate drama and comedy. It's about Neil Armstrong's great-grandson, who's just an absolute shit heel. It's the absolute worst. So make sure to check it out. It's the first time we've ever done anything that required work. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's the best way to say it. And we would love if you guys came out and supported in droves. And you can find that on iTunes, on Podchaser, or of course at a load of purebs.com. In addition to all the other shows from opposite attractions to a load of BS like Blake Missions. And uh, they're all there. Me again, my show where it's just me talking about my day and whether it was good or not that's all at a load of purebs.com special thanks to megaran for our theme song fighters you can check out and support megaran on twitter and you can just go see his shows and give him the same love that he's given us 10 times over that's right, he's on a tour of America right now. I'm going to try to find a way to Jackson, Mississippi, which terrifies me to go that deep into Mississippi to see him. But, yeah. I'm surprised he's going that deep. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, he has multiple times on Twitter been like, I don't know, I'm a little nervous about this one, but who knows. So make sure to go support him on the FAM tour and to support us, whether that be on Patreon or by picking up some merch either for us or your favorite JWF superstar at merch.alotapurebs.com. And then, of course, just leave us a review on iTunes, on Podchaser. Leave us those five stars. Leave a nice review, a glowing review of us. And if you've already done that, just tell a friend. If you've got a friend who loves pro wrestling and guys being dipshits for an hour, send them our way because we want to grow the Fight Boys army to millions. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show Jordan Grace. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!